0: But that wouldn't matter, as Sarah was not going to be there. Anne thought, I shall miss her, of course I shall miss her, but it will be rather peaceful. And she thought, it will be a rest for Edith, too. She gets upset when plans are always being changed and meals altered. For Sarah and her friends were always in a flux of coming and going and ringing up and changing plans. "'Mother, darling, can we have a meal early? We want to go to a movie.' "'Is that you, Mother? I rang up to say I shan't be in to lunch after all.' To Edith, that faithful retainer of over twenty years' service, now doing three times the work she was once expected to undertake. Such interruptions to normal life were very irritating. Edith, in Sarah's phrase, often turned sour. Not that Sarah couldn't get round Edith any time she liked. Edith might scold and grumble, but she adored Sarah. It would be very quiet alone with Edith. Peaceful, but very quiet. A queer, cold feeling made Anne give a little shiver. She thought, nothing but quietness now. Quietness stretching forward vaguely down the slopes of old age into death. Nothing any more to look forward to. ''But what do I want?'' she asked herself. ''I've had everything. Love and happiness with Patrick, a child. I've had all I wanted from life. Now, it's over. Now Sarah will go on where I leave off. She will marry, have children. I shall be a grandmother.'' She smiled to herself. ''She would enjoy being a grandmother.'' She pictured handsome-spirited children, Sarah's children, naughty little boys with Sarah's unruly black hair, plump little girls. She would read to them, tell them stories. She smiled at the prospect, but the cold feeling was still there. If only Patrick had lived. The old rebellious sorrow rose up. It was so long ago now, when Sarah was only three. So long ago that the loss and the agony were healed. She could think of Patrick gently, without a pang. The impetuous young husband that she had loved so much. So far away now, far away in the past. But today rebellion rose up anew. If Patrick were still alive, Sarah would go from them, to Switzerland for winter sports, to a husband and a home in due course. And she and Patrick would be there together, older, quieter, but sharing life and its ups and downs together. She would not be alone. Anne Prentice came out into the crowded life of the station yard. She thought to herself, how sinister all those red buses look, drawn up in line like monsters waiting to be fed. They seemed fantastically to have a sentient life of their own a life that was, perhaps, inimical to their maker, man. What a busy, noisy, crowded world it was. Everyone coming and going, hurrying, rushing, talking, laughing, complaining, full of greetings and partings. And suddenly, once again, she felt that cold pang of aloneness. She thought, It's time Sarah went away. I'm getting too dependent on her. I'm making her perhaps too dependent on me. I mustn't do that. One mustn't hold on to the young. Stop them leading their own lives. That would be wicked. Really wicked. She must efface herself. Keep well in the background. Encourage Sarah to make her own plans. Her own friends. And then she smiled. Because there was really no need to encourage Sarah at all. Sarah had quantities of friends and was always making plans, rushing about here and there with the utmost confidence and enjoyment. She adored her mother, but treated her with a kindly patronage, as one excluded from all understanding and participation owing to her advanced years. How old to Sarah seemed the age of forty-one, whilst to Anne it was quite a struggle to call herself, in her own mind, middle-aged. Not that she attempted to keep time at bay, she used hardly any make-up, and her clothes still had the faintly countrified air of a young matron come to town. Ne-